Well, today is National Cartoonist Day, so who better to have on the show than, in my opinion, Canada's best editorial cartoonist? And we get the pleasure, we get the benefit of seeing his work every day here in Hamilton because he works for The Spectator. I know I'm biased, but I'm actually right, too, so that makes it doubly good. Graham Mackay from The Spectator joins us now from the Blue Jays game, I understand. Hello. You're You're at the Blue Jays game? I'm at the Blue Jays game. Yes, I am. Is this the traditional National Cartoonist Day activity that everybody goes to a baseball game? Well, it's uh, I guess it just happened to be that uh, a American holiday for our cartoonists has landed on the first day of our uh, convention here in Toronto. And we happen to be celebrating here at a uh, Blue Jays game. Are there, Graham, are there generally traditional elements to National Cartoonist Day celebra- festivities? I mean, at Thanksgiving, we might have, like, ham, or Christmas, we might have turkey and carols and stuff. Like, what do you do for National Cartoonist Day? Do you crack open a spam or something? And what do you do? Um, well, we stand in one spot, and we get people to throw wads of cash at us. <laughs> That sounds like a pretty good holiday, actually. Yes, uh, I'll have uh, to. Uh, I'll have to put it's in. It's not really happening to me here at the Blue Jays game. Not yet. Well, they don't probably know that you guys are all cartoonists. Yeah, I think you but, should be wearing T-shirts or something that says "We are cartoonists." Throw cash. Uh, no, just a lot of plaids and um, uh, collared shirts. That's all I can see. <laughs> Well, while we have you, let me ask you this because because it is it honestly is National Cartoonist Day. Are these good days? to be an editorial cartoonist in this country? Are there any good days? Are these good days to be editorial cartoonists? No, they're not good days. Um, uh, you know, the newspaper industry is in flux right now, but, you know, fortunately I'm, I'm in, a, in a city where we have uh, one newspaper, and I happen to be comfortable right now, but, uh, you know, we have the problems with the Internet, and the Internet is taking away a lot of the eyes from the, the print media, so we're, we're having to contend with that, but... Uh, there have been better days uh, to be a, a cartoonist, uh, but we'll persevere, and hopefully they'll figure out how to, uh, to monetize the Internet. How, Graham, do you know right now how many editorial cartoonists there are actually still working in Canada? I think the number that we have, um, I think there's a home run, sorry. Yeah, it's a home run. Oh, very home. nice. CHML fans, we've just had a home run. We now go into... Uh, 11 to 1 for the Blue Jays. Thank you very much. Wow, all right, there we go. 11 to 1 Blue Jays. Graham McKay, editorial cartoonist, now giving sports updates. My, my job is actually at risk now, Graham. You understand this. Well, we have a wonderful box here, uh, thanks to the Toronto Star, and uh, a number of us are, are here, and we're, we're watching the game, and it's uh, a good time. Sorry, you, you had the question, Scott. I didn't hear that. That's okay. How many editorial cartoonists do you know are actually still working in Canada right now? Uh I think the number is about 20, um, but that could be less. That's sort of the, the number that we've gone through uh, for the last five or ten years. And I know some of them have retired. Um, there, a, a core bunch of us are now, I guess, in the, the central part of the country. Um, the West Coast, for instance, I don't think they have any uh, cartoonists left. Hmm. And Quebec has gone through a, a spell of, of, of job losses there, so... Unfortunately, the cartoonists seem to be more present in the more mostly populated parts of Central Canada. So there's a cluster of them, obviously, between Windsor and, and uh, Montreal. But outside of that area, it's pretty sparse. 
you say that these are not necessarily great days for cartoonists, but I got to believe that for those of you who are employed, when you look around at the political landscape, these are glorious days for editorial cartoonists. Oh, absolutely. Who were you you cheering for in, first of all, the Canadian federal election, simply from a cartoonist perspective of who you would get to draw? (laughs) Well, I I have a lot of fun drawing our prime minister. I have a lot of fun drawing our premier. Um, But uh, if you look stateside, obviously there's a lot of stuff happening there. And and here at our, our convention in Toronto, I've been speaking with some of the American attendees, and they're very much worried about what's happening on their side of the border and we're looking with a lot of glee as you know ruin is coming to their country <laughs> with the, the prospect of donald trump becoming president well um but i'd I like to tell them also you know okay hillary we cartoonists don't like to draw women they're not the easiest people to draw uh but She'll have Bill Clinton in the, in the White House, and, and he's sure to bring a lot of uh, joy to us when, when, it, it, when and if she becomes the next president. All right, well, so here's the thing. Every cartoonist, every caricature of a person, if I understand correctly how a cartoonist does his job, and, and that's, that's assuming that I do, but every caricature of a person that you will see picks on or identifies a defining physical characteristic of a person. That sort of becomes... It seems what you build around. What is Justin Trudeau's defining characteristic? When you draw him, when you first started doing Justin Trudeau, what stood out as the thing that became the focal point of him? Uh, with Justin, I think uh, it's the eyebrows, obviously, um, and the hair. The, it helps having a, a prime minister that has a good head of hair. We also, we have our last prime minister had a good head of hair, but we don't give a lot of credit to him because he pretty much had an old man style pair, but we have a, a rock star um, prime minister now who's got a great head of hair, but his eyebrows are the most distinctive thing as far as I can consider. Okay. Uh, Donald Trump, I, I think I know the answer, but Donald Trump, what's the, what's the defining characteristic there for a cartoonist? <laughs> well, he's got great hair, obviously, but his eyebrows, have you looked at his eyebrows? I haven't, actually. Well, they're bushy and stringy and they're, they're you know... You could probably just draw like a, a circle with, you know, his, his his style of hair and a bunch of lines for his for his eyebrows, and you and you've conquered the, uh, a, a classic caricature of Donald Trump. <laughs> All right, Hillary Clinton. Where do we go with Hillary Clinton for the defining characteristic? Oh man, I, you know, and that's a difficult thing. Um, I, I said earlier, women are not the easiest people to draw. I'm, I'm, I hate to say that, and. You know, she as, she as she ages, you know, you you got to pick out those things that women hate the most, and and you know, men don't like jowls, but she's a jowly um, politician. I say it, but and I might get in trouble for that. But, um, <laughs> it's a reality. Um, you know, and you, you can maybe accentuate the pantsuits that she wear, but that's not going to do it. You got to like find the details in the face and. You know, we got in trouble when Obama became president. Um, you know, this was a, a black president, and how do you depict a, a black president without looking racist? And um, and it was tough going at the beginning, but I think we figured it out. You know, you don't have to put, you know, do the stereotypical features that are going to get you in trouble. Uh, but you know, I, I think the, the public sort of um, loosened the, loosened um, 
the reins on us and we are able to draw him without, you know, seeing like we're KKK members or something, let's just say. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite people that you draw uh, is our premier because somehow when you draw Kathleen Wynne, she always looks a little like Orville Redenbacher, which is outstanding. <laughs> what, yeah. uh, do I have to even ask what her defining characteristic would be for a cartoonist? Well, obviously the glasses are one thing. Um, she's got very high cheekbones. Uh, you got to include those. And she's kept a very constant uh, Kathleen Wynne style of hair that uh, makes her very easy to draw. I, I have a lot of fun drawing her. And actually, Kathleen Wynne will be attending our convention on Saturday night. I'm looking forward to actually uh, meeting her uh, for a second time that night. Finally, uh, Fred Eisenberger. What, what do you do for Fred Eisenberger? What are the features there you pick out? Fred's got a very long face. She's got a, a long nose, very um, deeply set eyes with heavy eyelids. So uh, it, it, it's very easy to draw him. And it, it helps the fact that he's been mayor before. So, you know, he's. I could draw him with my eyes closed, really. Um, the, the thing about Fred is that he's, he's, he's keeping out of trouble, so I don't really draw him much. And that's may be a good thing for him, but not a thing for me. Who, who, is, there, um, is there anything, Graham, when you're drawing people, no matter who it is, any, any person, is there anything that's off-limits that you would... I mean, you talk about Obama and the racial features and things, but is there anything that would be completely where you would say, you know what, I'm just not even going to go there? Huh. Um, it's... Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say at this point... Um, there's, there's, there's any sacred cows. I think, you know, we, we're bombarded with images every day, and, you know, you try it as is, and uh, you just hope that people have uh, enough of a, you know, they're not too sensitive that they're going to blow things out of proportion. So I, I, I really, I can't think of anything that's going to, you know, uh, anger people enough that they're going to, you know, right in because I depicted someone in, a, in an appropriate, inappropriate way. That said, you do get the odd letter and uh, and phone call. Uh, yes, I do, <laughs> and a lot of hatred on social media. But well, that comes with the territory. It just means that people are reading me and and they're doing what I'm I'm supposed to be doing, which is uh, starting discussion. Do you remember? Can you recall off the top of your head the cartoon that generated the largest amount of heat for you? Uh, let me see. There's been a few. Um, uh, you, you've caught me. And all right, all right. I'll come back to that one. I'll see if you can figure something out in the next couple of minutes. But, um, but is, when you get, you say that just means people are looking. That then is a good thing. I mean, if you get reaction of any kind, that's a good thing. Yeah, obviously. You want letters. You want. It's nice to get the the, the nice letters, but you know you expect to get negative reactions from people. That's part of the the job. Um, and if you're not getting either, then there's a problem there. So uh, I find that the cartoonists that are the most effective ones are the ones that get an equal amount of both. So if you've taken a position, a strong position, um, say right to die, that's one issue. There's obviously people that are on one side and others that are very much opposed to it. So if you do a cartoon that's uh, you know, going with either way, you're going to get a lot of reaction because that's a very delicate issue and to draw on it is not an easy thing but if you make an effective cartoon uh, then you'll, you'll get response from both sides and those are the ones that um, 
generate the most feedback, and that's a good thing. Generally, when when you are going to get a lot of feedback, though, is the response, and I don't know if you can break it down like this, is it an international, like a world issue, or is it more in the local issue that generates the most response? Uh, interesting. Um, it, it could be both both um, both areas. I mean, it depends on, on the issue, right? I, I think locally, I can think of the casino issue that we had a, a few years back was one that was very uh, fueled, and it, it divided the city. So naturally that would, would cause a lot of um, upset or happiness with the readership. But nationally, it, it's hard. I, I guess if you talked about elections or something like that, then um, if you're siding with one particular party, you would obviously get uh, negative feedback from the opposing party. And, uh, you know, but it, it comes with all areas but i think locally you'll generate more feedback and and uh you know that that's a useful thing if, if you're employed in hamilton at the, at the, at the city newspaper uh, i think my editors welcome that it just means i'm adding to the discussion on any sort of uh topic of the day. and i'm i'm you know what i gotta say i'm a little surprised by that graham only because when you do a local cartoon to get a laugh or to get a response from a local cartoon it necessarily means people have to understand what the topic is or else it makes no sense. And you're never sure how closely people are actually following all the local issues. It's, it's tough. You don't know. And it's, um, you know, when I do a cartoon, I, I send it in and I put it on social media and I sit back and wait for the response. And, you know, some are more effective than others. And it's a good gauge um, of, of seeing how interested people are in certain topics, um, you know, and and usually the ones that I, I think are the are the weaker cartoons that I send out there are often the ones <laughs> that get the most response, and it's a very bizarre thing. Who knew? I, I spend least amount of time on will get more response. I don't get it, but. You know. Well, it works. Uh, listen, I'll, it works, yeah. I will let you get back to uh, your National Cartoonist Day celebrations. I hope the folks there start throwing their wads of money at you soon because the game is moving along here. If they don't start soon, I, I don't hold out a lot of hope they're going to get to it. I'm sorry I didn't hear a word you said there because <laughs> I'm getting closer to the crowd here. But uh, listen, uh, we have a good gathering of people from across the country here um, at our convention. We do this every two years. And it's just a great opportunity to, uh, you know, grouse about our, 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 the state of affairs <laughs> with cartooning. It's a time to, like, get involved with the, the latest technology that we have. It's just a, a time to sit back, drink a few beers, have a good time, and then become energized and get back to our newspapers and, and do the job that uh, uh, we want to do. I have, you know what? I have a, a special person right here, and he, he can give a... It's Andy Donato. You want to hear Andy Donato? Sure. Andy Donato, this is CHML. Do you want to talk to someone briefly here? CHML? Yeah. You know what? Here's, here's Andy Donato. Oh, my God. Andy Hello. Donato, how are you? It's Scott Radley at CHML. How are you? Are you enjoy- I mean, I was asking Graham just a second ago, what was the cartoon that got him in the most trouble ever? And he couldn't come up with one off the top of his head. How about I you at the sun? You, you know what? <laughs> we're, we're, we're not having a good what connection. We're, we don't have a good connection, so we'll say goodbye, but thanks for doing this. Well, you, you couldn't understand a word you're saying, but that was Andy tonight. Yeah, Graham, thanks for doing this. We're going to let you go. Thanks.
Uh, we got a terrible connection there at the end from uh, from Rogers Center. So uh, that was yeah, that was Andy Donato from the Sun, legendary cartoonist who jumped in there. Sadly, couldn't get an answer from him, but you know, 